Hello humans. Hello humans. February 28th. It's a little after 8 in the morning. I'm running a little tiny bit late. Got to get my ass into town and have a... Got a couple of appointments I got to get um, get to. Uh, one will take about an hour and then I can do some semi-regular shopping and then go meet with these other guys and uh, discuss a few things and then head back outbound. Anyway, so um, all kinds of things to talk about here. Let me get my stuff settled. Uh, so Bitcoin's up to over 60,000 this morning. Uh, the projections on that are pretty clear at this point. Um, as I had said, we're into the period of the crack-up boom. This is the Kondratiev understanding of how uh, fiat currency systems uh, end. It's not capitalism dying, it's the, it's the fiat currency central bank uh, global reserve thing that's dying, right? Capitalism is the only effective uh, natural economic system. Uh, socialism, communism, uh, all of these kind of things are uh, artifacts, are ideologies that are laid over the economics. And they, they don't really work, and they always crap out. And they always crap out violently because of the nature of the uh, hatred that is inbuilt into socialism and communism. These are, are hateful ideologies that have flaws built into their very nature by the fact that they were invented uh, as whole structures by the Elohim worship cult. Anyway, so uh, Bitcoin's way up uh, last month or so, and it will continue to, to rise. As we get uh, further into the crack-up boom, we can expect some pretty spectacular uh, dollar numbers relative to Bitcoin, and then maybe ultimately we're, we're going to break open the uh, suppression and control on silver and gold, and we'll see a, them follow the same kind of path as Bitcoin within the crack-up boom. So we'll see commodities, okay? It's not going to be all commodities, because uh, some things like real estate are not necessarily going to participate. It's a it's an interesting time. So I'm actually expecting, as Bitcoin prices rise, continue to rise, as uh, gold and silver keep banging against that wall of suppression, I'm expecting further degradation in the real estate market uh, to the point that we'll actually have mainstream media having to comment on the collapse of real estate. It's already started with the uh, commercial real estate. And so the commercial real estate market uh, in the U.S. basically has collapsed. And it is not uh, going to recover anytime soon. And it's very likely not ever going to recover under a Federal Reserve note petrodollar. So that's what's dying, okay? The petrodollar that backs all the other fiat currencies is dying. The European Union thinks that they can keep their, uh, the European Central Bank thinks they can keep their um, aggregate euro 
uh, currency going and it's already dying and they're just scrambling like mad to try and keep it together against the continuing breakup of their uh, European Union, which was, you know, not an organic thing. It, it was engineered since the 1960s. I saw the beginning of that. I saw the beginning of the Mother Weffer's uh, push towards um, a common united Europe that they could wield like the United States as a single entity. I saw that in the 60s with the, the introduction of the common market language and how they started changing and doing their social engineering then uh, because that was anti-organic uh, kind of um, uh, mood, I guess you'd say. So the popular mood after World War II was everybody go home and lick their wounds, tighten up, you know, clean up, all of this kind of stuff. Instead, the globalists push and push and push to get this, quote, democratization of Europe, which means the destruction of the, re of the republics, and uh, smoosh them all together into the EU, and we're here now. So uh, Bitcoin's going to be going up. All the cryptos will go up to a certain extent. Many cryptos will die in the near future. All right, so we're talking uh, a few months and we'll start seeing some level of crypto death. Uh, just even as we're seeing uh, new all-time highs for Bitcoin and all different kinds of currencies. We're very close to that in the dollar. Once we get a new all-time high over 63,000 in uh, Bitcoin in the dollar, then it will really rush up. The projections are by... Uh, a lot of people that are doing charting and this kind of shit, uh, the projections are that this will, uh, that Bitcoin's going to uh, scale up uh, fairly rapidly as we approach the halving, uh, which is uh, estimated to be April 19th now, you know, based on, it's based on how much, many transactions, really. How many transactions are in the the blockchain. Um, and so uh, the projection is April 19th. As we uh, go through there, uh, the projections are that the Bitcoin price will exceed um, $120,000 uh, US. So it would double from today's value uh, over these next few months, assuming we follow the more or less regular pattern that we encountered that we all this have so far encountered in uh, having years. Uh, so if we have that, we'll go up over 120,000. Maybe that takes, you know, into fall or something, and then there'll be a pullback. It might be a 20,000 or $30,000 pullback. And so Bitcoin might drop back down into the uh, upper 90s, right? Okay, so what are these guys doing here? Hang on, I've got some squeeze driving to do between buses and weird-ass contractor guys. Okay. Um, so Bitcoin goes up to the 120,000, drops down into the upper 90s, makes a floor into the upper 90s, and then pushes through that floor and beyond uh, the rest of this year as the fiat currencies continue their degradation and the um, uh, social chaos that was engineered and built into the cake now uh, by the actions of the uh, mother weffers 
so there will be contention with all of the invaders. They're here. We've got to deal with them. Uh, there won't be an easy resolution. They're not going to become nice and peaceful USA or European citizens. Uh, their intent is to invade and take over and cause problems. So this will occur. Uh, that's going to further cause degradations within the economic system because you can't have activity as normal when you're in the process of um, uh, being invaded and fighting off an invading force. This is uh, going to be the rest of this year we'll be going through this. The economic aspect of it, the uh, actual production of goods and services and all of that kind of stuff is going to take a hit as well. This will also affect the underpinnings of the ability to satisfy debt in the fiat currencies because that's all they are. They're just a mechanism for dealing with debt. They're not really money per se. They're a debt that you take on when you use their currencies. This, so this will continue to degrade and will even accelerate as we go through the year. So it might be very feasible uh, that we have a solid floor uh, in Bitcoin around $100,000 uh, by the time we get to Christmas. Thus, we have the uh, will meet the conditions for the $100,000 Bitcoin parties uh, during a Christmas season uh, that were in the Alta reports, and it would make sense. So we'll go up to 120, and then we'll crash back down. It won't be a crash. It'll be a, a reduction, a consolidation, whatever you want to call it. Um, go back down to in the upper 90s, and then fight our way over 100,000 uh, by Christmas as a solid floor. Okay, and so this is the action within uh, fiat currency worlds. Uh, relative to the fiat currency is um, the sudden rise, the boom, then the re the re retraction, the pullback, and then consolidation and flooring, and then another rise. Now, the expectation is just doing projections off of charts and stuff, so I don't have any data, but these chartists, I'm just looking at their stuff, and the projection is that in 2025, uh, we'll see Bitcoin over a million dollars each. And this will be the, uh, the, the end, truly the end of the petrodollar as we get into those kind of numbers. It just won't be worth even messing with as a, as a debt settling instrument. So uh, Bitcoin will be uh, huge, BTC will be hugely uh, impacted over these next two years, and it will carry along with it a uh, number of related currencies, and this will include uh, all of the BTC clones, uh, but also it'll bring in Ethereum and uh, Litecoin, Monero. Monero's going to have a really big future here, especially in these next couple of years, as the statists go fucking batshit and try and control everything. And so Monero will be used to as a as a relatively non-traceable um, settlement vehicle, it'll, it'll have a lot of demand. Uh, beyond that, uh, there are going to be other alt cryptos that survive for various different reasons. Uh, but um, at this point, it's a it's sort of a crapshoot 
betting on any individual technology unless you've really gone into those technologies and really examine them and understand where the utility is and why they will survive this period of time. Uh, the period of time we're coming into is going to force everybody back to uh, solid money, to realistic valuations on stuff as the petrodollar dies and then all of the other fiat currencies that are attached to it. They're all dying now, right? So we're seeing that now. Bitcoin is making all-time highs in a number of different language, er, uh, currencies, including in uh, Japanese, right? So Japanese currency is very stable usually, and for it to be making these kind of uh, big new all-time highs in Bitcoin um, uh, for Bitcoin in um, yen is uh, is really a very telling issue. So we're just here now, um, and so there's going to be this is the wealth transfer period where those people that were hodlers and and uh, got into the idea of digital scarcity and and uh, settlement vehicles versus uh, hard currency and so on are going to benefit for that uh, attention to the currency and all things economic and they're going to benefit for their acumen and for their courage in acting against the uh, general trend and the herd, right? So Bitcoin people, very likely the hodlers, uh, none of those people took the shot because it's the same kind of uh, maybe some of the you know money and manager guy kind of guys did, but uh, mostly the the individual Bitcoiners. I bet you they didn't take any of the of the clot shots because it's the same kind of process that allows you to be courageous and make a move uh, early and ahead and against uh, the existing trends that will propel you into this intergenerational wealth uh, stuff, right? Uh, same thing with silver. Buying silver way the hell back when, when it was you know eight dollars a, a sack, you know eight dollars an ounce for uh, junk silver, uh, means you were that prescient, that much ahead. And so those are the people that are being rewarded now by the activity within the uh, degradation of the fiat currency and the wealth transfer aspect of it. Remember, wealth does not go away. It doesn't disappear unless you bury it in the ground and die and thus no one knows it's there. <laughs> so that's really the only way that that uh, this kind of stuff goes away. Uh, you know, you always lose a little bit here and there, but uh, in general, uh, wealth sticks around. It just transfers from uh, one form to another as you go uh, through into the future here. And we're in one of those transitional periods now. This is going to be uh, relatively exciting for people. You'll have all kinds of people getting whipped up. Uh, All-time highs in, in uh, dollars for Bitcoin are always something that everybody gets excited about. Also, this time it's going to be uh, coincident with all kinds of crapola going on in the general... Uh, uh, dynamism of the populace. So we're just about to get into March. Uh, we'll probably cross, cross a couple of significant Bitcoin thresholds here in March. Maybe we'll, you know, uh, go up another 20 or so percent uh, fairly rapidly in Bitcoin and get up over the 75,000 mark. 
this is a, um, it's not resistance in that sense, in the chartist sense, but it is a key peg at 75,000 for uh, a Bitcoin because that was in the data sets way back when as a, uh, as a, as a minor temp temporal marker. There's another very large temporal marker, which is uh, 88,000, right? And so Bitcoin had this thing back in the day, way back when, uh, when the data set said that it would it would rise up to $880 and then it would fall back and then it would do this three times and then it was never, ever, ever going to go back down below $880. Uh, we have that same kind of language for $88,000. Okay, so it'll go through $88,000 and then it will set a floor in the range of $88,000. Maybe it'll come down to $84,000 and then go back up to $88,000 and then come back down and then go back up. But it'll do the $88,000 business three times, right? So it'll go through $88,000 three times and then it's done with $88,000 series of, of ferns. And we won't be repeating that. Uh, so then it'll go on up to its 120,000. So maybe that'll be, uh, you know, maybe we'll reach those kind of milestones uh, post-having. So sometime after the 19th of April, maybe we'll get into those kind of numbers. Bear in mind, it's not Bitcoin that's becoming more valuable. Well, it is in a sense because value is an emotional attachment to uh, an idea, um, you know, like Bitcoin or gold or silver or whatever. It's an emotional thing. So, um, but but after the halving is when I suspect that we'll start going through some of these uh, very key temporal markers relative to uh, fern to Bitcoin prices, and that those will also be commensurate with all of the activity that's that's ongoing uh, through this period of time. So uh, in March we're going to have lots and lots and lots of violent activity, uh, new stuff happening. Uh, this will include reactions within the. Uh, currency and economic uh, situation relative to uh, so uh, basically what's going to happen is that there will actually be reactions within the the social order about uh, the the pricing and so forth in ferns of various different kinds of commodities uh, and these things will have shock um, They'll initiate shocks within the social order. So it's going to be a huge shock when uh, silver breaks out of its, its value range that it's being constrained in. This will happen because of some breakdowns that will occur within the, uh, quote, exchange system, which is really a control mechanism. And so the Bitcoin and its fern price... Also, it's, you know, price in kroner or whatever the hell, right? All these other currencies. It'll be making new highs in all these global currencies as we get to the point where that triggers things within the control mechanism and starts affecting the price of silver and to a lesser extent of gold. So it might well be that, you know, by the time we get into 2025, we've got gold at... Um, you know, maybe it's doubled in price. Maybe it's in the $5,000 an ounce range. And at that point, silver should have busted out to where it's broken through $50, $80, $100 an ounce. So we have language now in the minimalist little bit of scraping I can do. So let me, let me emphasize that. I do not have the hundreds of millions of reads 
uh, that I used to in my processing because of the uh, situation, the costs and so on that um, are involved in that at this day and age, as well as the bandwidth. I just don't have that here. I had a complete, uh, I had one third uh, of a T1 line, so vast quantities of bandwidth uh, at my old office uh, before we moved. Now out here on the coast, I just have to deal with the best bandwidth you can get on a um, residential line. I had had a special line run in to me from the uh, phone company at a huge cost uh, uh, back in Olympia at our other address. Uh, I think it was done in, what did we do? Maybe that was 2002 I did that. Uh, it was fantastically huge cost. It, it cost like uh, $1,600 to run that line. We had to, you know, drive it under the road and, and tunnel up a hundred plus feet to get it into the house. Uh, so, but it, it was huge bandwidth. I mean, it just incredible. Anyway, though, so I don't have that now. So all of my projections are based on a minimalist data set. So the probability of errors is very high and the probability that the errors are going to be wildly off is, is very high as well. So if I'm going to Good error on this, it should be ending up as pretty spectacular error. It's 8.30, yeah, I can probably make it here. I have a bunch of stops, so I gotta do all these little chores as well as these couple of meetings. I'm gonna try and squeeze in a little chore before I get into that first meeting. Shorten some of the duration. Uh, we've got our sick dog and my wife is just not really, um, uh, health-wise just up to dealing with all kinds of stuff so I want to try and get back as soon as I can anyway though uh, so I, I expect that we'll have kinetic activity in March we'll have frenetic uh, freak out kind of economic activity in April uh, we're gonna have all kinds of information that comes out as a result of this simply because as the dollar degrades there's less ability to uh, pay people uh, to keep their mouths shut this is fundamentally what it what it amounts to right the whole system is breaking down because the uh, uh, The dollar is breaking down because the Federal Reserve note is breaking down to the point where it has no purchasing value And people have no confidence in it. So they're going to act differently And they already are we're seeing the effects of that all over <coughs> So I personally think this is a very exciting time you know, I have some Bitcoin. I have a few of those guys. So, so I'm interested in following along with it. However, <laughs> my real problem is I'm feeling so Soviet, right? I feel like I'm back, back in the USSR. Uh, in my day, in the in the '60s and '70s and '80s, there was a joke, you know, that. Uh, in the Soviet Union, you worked your ass off and you made good money, but there was nothing to buy. And, and so that was it. If you saw a line on a street corner near any kind of a store, you went and got in that line because it meant there was something in that store to buy. And everybody had money because there was nothing to buy with the money. Uh, so it's just a weird situation. So for me, it's kind of like that. So I was uh, lamenting the other day about how Soviet I feel because I can't find a single story house, right? I mean, I can find them that are six and seven hours away, but that's just not feasible. We're just not going to be able to do that. Uh, it, it has to meet certain criteria anyway. 
you know, relative to like wheelchair access and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and the number of bedrooms, uh, you know, if it's a single story house, no problem. But, uh, but any event, so, uh, I can't find one. So, so I'm feeling very Soviet, right? Like if I, if I saw a big line in front of a real estate <laughs> agency, I'd go and get there. But any event though, so here's the thing, uh, about real estate, cause I got to wrap this up fairly quick. Uh, commercial real estate has collapsed. The, the amount of, uh, bad debt associated with commercial real estate right now that they know the debt is bad. That is that people are behind on payments on commercial real estate. They're not making their mortgage on time or barely making it on time. Whereas before they would pay it early, that kind of thing. All of these indicators are showing that commercial real estate has just totally crapped out. Now, the extent of the commercial real estate that has already crapped out means that the entire banking system in the United States, as well as the banking system, most of the banking system in Europe, cannot come up with reserves to cover the losses. And this is not the complete collapse yet, yet, of uh, the commercial real estate market. Meaning that um, we're, we're looking at a, uh, a breakdown of commercial real estate at a level that is uh, has not ever been seen before in uh, in our modern society and if we look at and there is no analog for it in uh, previous times it, it just it's at that level so uh, uh, just absolutely staggering the um, uh, the <laughs> the complete involvement of this. So if we were to take uh, basically all commercial real estate, then the amount of loss uh, reserves the banks would have to have uh, is about 18 times what they've got set aside. 18 times. So they've only got 1 18th of the loss reserves necessary to cover the commercial real estate market as it exists now in its totality. But in fact, the the whole system is reeling with it only one eighteenth broken down, right? So, uh, so like I was saying, you know, I know guys that like myself, for whatever reason, they were hunting for, you know, older guys that are hunting for uh, houses and trying to move and this sort of thing, mostly people with cryptos. Um, so they feel, you know, they've got the, the financial freedom to do this at this time. And they, uh, they're looking at commercial real estate because there's not much in the way of residential real estate being sold, uh, or offered even because even if you were to, even if you wanted to sell your house, there's no house for you to buy. And uh, the minute you sell your house and convert that house into, uh, dollars, the dollars start depreciating like right the fuck away. And so you're, you're running up against a, a decreasing amount of uh, value that you've converted your house out of. And then you're trying to get your, that money converted back into a new house and they're just not available or whatever. Also, a lot of them has still have high prices expecting, uh, to be able to recover, uh, some of the amount of debt in there. So a lot of the houses have, uh, very high prices on them because the, um, uh, the level of debt that has to be satisfied in the sale. So I know some houses now where they, uh, I don't know if people are going to try and flip them or what the deal is. That whole, uh, quote industry is really, 
tanked. But um, I know a couple of houses where uh, the owners are basically wrestling to see if they're going to accept offers that are below assessed value. So this is that point of time where we reconvert um, wealth and taxes and so on. So all these counties are freaking out because houses aren't selling. They get uh, some money in the pro in the process of the house sale, but also it sets a new base for them relative to land taxes. And those are dropping because the the sales price is less than the county's already assessed value. They can't have that. Legally, they have to adjust it downward to the actual sales price. And this is the same mechanism that destroyed the land tax base for the counties, especially out in the West. You know, anything uh, west of the Ohio River Valley, but also but throughout the entire country, uh, uh, was seriously affected in the Great Depression. And the mechanism was that the land prices were, sales were at such a low level, uh, and that affected the tax base. So, um, you know, counties don't like it. There's nothing they can do about it. Uh, but this is the state of affairs at the moment. So real estate's not necessarily going to be a good uh, investment, especially for short-term kind of stuff. So I just want a new house. I'm not looking at a, an investment. I just want to get away from all of the noise and the crap of, uh, of uh, adding this and rebuilding the house I'm in. You know, I really have to. The, the contractor really... Uh, fucked me over there and the things he did and I've got some serious issues with that house that I'm wrestling with. So I just want to get another house to go and live in while all this is going on. Uh, I'm not after any kind of long-term gain and stuff. If I were, I would still um, be looking into commercial real estate because this stuff is so hugely undervalued. And you're finding, if you look, you can find places where uh, it's been where the, the value of the property uh, to you uh, is such that uh, if you make an offer that can be, can be used as leverage with the banks to get people out from under the debt, they will do so. So I know of one place where an old restaurant was sold for a guy to a guy and he's converting it into a house. And when he bought that, it had been on the market for geez maybe 12 years or something like that. And he, uh, he picked it up and offered um, I, some small fraction. Let's just say that he offered like one-fifth or something of the um, notional value at the time that it was listed. And, uh, his, um, and so that was not enough to satisfy the debt on this property that just sat there. But the bank, it had been in arrears for a number of years. Uh, the guy making some level of payments, just enough to keep it going. And um, the guy went with the offer back to the bank and said, what can we do? And they said, okay, you know, we'll go with you on this amount. We'll forgive this amount of the debt if you accept this offer and you pay off this other amount of the debt. And so they worked it out. And so basically the bank took a, a big hit on it and this guy took a big hit on it and my friend bought this place which he's now putting money into in order to um, turn it into a house uh, from a restaurant and that's you know in some places that's that's what we're gonna have to do
trying to see where I've got. Okay, there we are. Um, anyway, so <laughs> so that's the state of affairs here. I'm still sort of looking for a uh, a house. I'm I'm in the process of getting the next phase of my uh, addition going here. So we're gonna have the engineering and the plans. I'll submit those. I don't really give a rat's ass about the county's opinion of stuff, but I'm going to do it just to be legal. Um, if they slow me down, then we'll go into an illegal state where I'll just say, yeah, piss on it. I don't give a shit. We're doing it. But in any event, so the next thing is to get um, the heat pump moved and the, well, the next thing is to get some more lumber or logs out of the place and uh, a, a couple of large stumps removed and then to get the uh, heat pump moved and the uh, foundation started. Now the good news for me at a, at a personal level is that there's a lot of crews available starting to become available because work is drying up. Not that many people are out here um, building houses and stuff so those new housing starts are way down all over which means that there's more crews for remodels and things. You know not a good thing economically but at least I'll be able to keep a couple of people employed uh, with their crews here as we go forward uh, for you know at least a brief bit of time so they'll get some money this year that's just the situation that we've got anyway like I say Bitcoin's probably going to uh, retreat after it gets up to about uh, 118 to 120,000 something in there and then that um, uh, retracement uh, will be the uh, the floor so it goes from 120 down to in the upper 90s is my thinking and then after that uh, that's the floor for it and we um, go back up into the uh, over a hundred thousand by Christmas of this year and that's our floor for 2025 and then we rush on in to um, the millions is the Fiat currency totally breaks down. Okay, so a little early, but I'll get it in to see if I can get, get in early on this. All right, guys. So I'll do another one of these on the way out. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Yep. So anyway, um, have fun. Fun days. <laughs>